I don't know, like part part of it is just me wanting to make sure that people who might not think that this particular kind of nerddom is somewhere where they belong is like, like I want to make sure that folks realize that this is something that they are allowed to enjoy and something that they are allowed to have fun with. Welcome to Replay, the show that invites you to join us at the game table. I'm your host, Clara Mount. On Replay, we're building a more inclusive community by creating a space for underrepresented gamers and their allies to share their voice. We'll tell stories about our experiences and provide new perspectives that challenge our community to think differently about who we are and what we do. Replay is a Victor Media Group original. You can find episodes of this and all other Victor Media Group shows on our website at victormediagroup.co. And if you like what you're hearing, subscribe and connect with us on your favorite social media platform. Today's guest is Laura Tutu, pronouns are she, her, they, them. They're a streamer and podcaster with a background in theater and burlesque. They play in a weekly live D&D game that you can find on Twitch at the World's Guild. And they're also part of the Brunches and Dragons live podcast. Uh, Twitch handle for that is Stark Raving Mab. I'll leave both of those handles in the show notes if you want to go check it out. And you might have also seen Laura as a guest on other D&D related shows. Uh, so welcome to Replay, Tutu. Hi. How are you doing? Oh, God, I'm really excited to be here. This is, <laughs> this is like super like professional. This is like the most together I've seen ever anyone ever get before. <laughs> Thank you. I'm a, that is such a compliment. Um, we all know my first segment here is all just about games and like why we fucking love games. We're a bunch of nerds that like to talk about games. So let's jump right into it. <laughs> what is the number one reason that people should care about games? Uh, I believe the number one reason that people should care about games is because anything goes with consent, of course. Um, but it is an opportunity to explore different facets of yourself, different facets of your relationships with the people around you. Um, plus, you can pretend to be a badass wizard, and who doesn't love to do that? Exactly. Exactly. Have you seen the gif going around of like the party wizard and the Gandalf beard? Like, what? No. <laughs> oh my god! I'm sending this to you afterward. But that's what that just reminds me of. Who doesn't want to be a party wizard? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, or like a barbarian. Like, my goal in life is to be strong enough to swing a giant great axe. But like, in the meantime, while I'm training to be that buff, I can just pretend to be that buff and roll. You know. D8 damage dice and whatever. <laughs> Aspirations. I love it. I love Aspirations. it. Aspirations. <laughs> All right. What was your first introduction to gaming? I know you told me you haven't been in it too long. Uh, no. So my my partner um, had been trying to get me to watch Critical Role for literal years. <laughs> L- lit- literal years. Love that. Love that. Um, and me being the contrary asshole that I am, I do that thing where it's like, someone's like, oh, you should totally do this thing. You totally love it. No, I don't think I will. Oh my God. I'm the worst. Relatable. (laughs) You do that all the time. (laughs) It's terrible. And then I think it it was right around like the beginning of 2020 as the world is slowly falling apart. Um, and finally I was like, you know what? I feel like this is an interesting thing that I could follow along with as I, you know, prepare for the end of the world. Oh. Um, so I finally talked to my partner and he told me like, this is the episode you want to start in. Don't worry about this earlier shit. Um, see what happens, see how you like it. And I was fucking hooked. 
Nice. Um, for, <laughs> like the interesting thing for me specifically when it comes to Critical Role is that it was the first time I had seen Dungeons and Dragons as something other than a weird numbers math game. Oh. Um, because the my first introduction, my very, 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 very first introduction to Dungeons and Dragons was my cousin trying to get me to play with her and her husband because they were in it for the math. What? <laughs> like, is that a real thing that they said? <laughs> like, Kinda. Um, oh kinda. my god! Like th- they were in it purely for like the the statistical combat shit. Which, sure, if that is your bag, that is totally rad and more power to you. I'm dumb. <laughs> I am dumb. <laughs> I have a degree in in words, y'all. I do not have a degree in numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I am also a person who hates numbers, and that's yes. <laughs> so yeah, that was my technically my very first introduction to Dungeons and Dragons was someone trying to get me into it for the math, which failed miserably. And then I saw Critical Role and saw all of these nerdy ass voice actors using it as sort of like an acting improv exercise, Ooh. and I was like, oh okay that clicks now it's about the characters yeah and you know i guess the rest is history here i am in the year of our lord 2021 on podcasts and shit (laughs) (laughs) like that escalated quickly i know you're you're very active on tiktok too when you do a lot of like dnd related content on there so (laughs) i do it's been less um dnd specific content and more just shit posting because a bitch is tired and <laughs> some of that shit takes like time and effort oh yeah um, oh yeah It'd but be yeah like that. <laughs> that's honestly that's how I found most of the people that I'm playing with um outside of like the local folks that started a game like we started a game right before quarantine struck oh no <laughs> um so that's just perfect um <laughs> But yeah, the all of the other games and all the other people that I've met in the D and D community, I all met through TikTok. Oh wow! Uh, so that is how I I dove face first into this weird little like nerd sphere. <laughs> you seems like you fit right in. I mean, I didn't realize you were that new. <laughs> I yeah, I greener than the grass. Uh, but yeah, I I also talk a lot of shit. So. I, f- I feel like <laughs> if you talk enough, people will feel like you know what you're talking about, uh, which is why as much as I want to be a barbarian, I am probably a bard. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to pin that conversation for a minute. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say are your favorite kinds of games to play now um, and why are those the ones that appeal to you? Um, I mean, to be perfectly honest, the, the most experience that I've had right now is with Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I guess if we're going to go into the nitty gritty of it, like I, I love playing specifically campaigns where we get to really explore our characters. Yeah. Um, that's always been more my thing than just straight up combat. Um, different different homebrew worlds. Um, the the live stream game that I'm a part of right now, uh, To the Skies, um, Bran, our DM, mm-hmm. built this whole world himself. Wow. Um, he's fantastic. I love him so much. He's a solid, <laughs> solid Cuban. This wonderful Scottish man. Um, swears like a sailor. It's wonderful, but that, <laughs> like it's like he like it's like he likes to say Scottish people were just made to swear. Um, but he's crafted this meticulous, fantastic world, and 
I love being invited in to explore that when someone has taken the time and the effort to build something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's fantastic. I get to see these these amazing creative people and the kind of shit they can pull together. Oh yeah, that's fantastic. I I think I think it's great that you said the characters are kind of like what draw you in and your those interactions with the world. That's that resonates with me real hard. I I despise combat like well I shouldn't that's maybe a strong word I dislike it it's not my favorite I'm not very good at it (laughs) I I, as much as I am a child of like Lord of the Rings and you know like all that typical nerdy shit I also love me some like B action movies so like fuck yeah (laughs) like give me some shitty like kung fu swords and sandals like (laughs) (laughs) like sword and board bullshit and I'm a happy happy girl um so like I think that's also like I don't treat combat like a statistical thing I Mm -hmm. like rule of cool is oh I love rule of cool near and dear to my heart yes yes I feel like that uh rule of cool I hear that a lot from people that are like ex-theater kids basically like anyone that comes from that like performance background gets real into that rule so I'm extra I'm extra. I will always appreciate a DM who allows me to be extra. Fuck yeah. Man, I need to play a game with you because I'm like, yes, let's build this perfect game. (laughs) All right. All right. So uh, this is my personal favorite question. Can you tell me about a gaming experience that was significant to you and why it was important? Oh, geez. Um, I'm thinking. There have been so many things that have happened. And of course, when I try to think about it, they all fly directly out of my head. That's how it works. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, honestly, like yesterday, we yesterday was our uh, session 10 of To the Skies. Mm-hmm. Um, we, our characters had just gotten to this weird little temple um, with these weird little pools and everybody went into their little hallucinogenic pool and communed with a god of their choice. Um, beautiful I got to have a really great moment with my tiefling rogue realizing where exactly her infernal bloodline comes from oh um and understanding that she has a bigger place in this world than maybe she initially realized Mm. um so yeah I just moments like that like moments of again like real deep character like exploration and the chance to get those really wonderful like role play moments are always going to mean the most to me yeah, do you feel like it's it's because it helps you like connect to the characters oh, in yeah. a more specific way or it, Oh, 100%, yeah. Yeah. Do you do you ever I mean what you just said, I'm like sitting here like wow, I could picture that being you, right? Like you coming into the D&D community and being who you are and standing for what you stand for and like I could see you being that that tiefling rogue with a bigger purpose. I'm just saying. Stop. <laughs> no, I never. I refuse. <laughs> Uh, so with that in mind what does gaming really mean to you like on an emotional level I mean it's it's a chance to explore uh, like I said it's a chance to explore like new and interesting facets of myself Mm -hmm. Um, it's a chance to create and build these ridiculous outlandish like fantastical scenarios Um, because who doesn't want to pretend like they can sling magic at a you know a dragon Oh, absolutely. Um, it's it's acting out all that fantastic shit that you read in a book or that you saw in a movie or you saw in a TV show because like in their heart of hearts, what nerd doesn't want to like have that experience? 
Exactly. Exactly. So it's like uh, it's escapism, but it's also totally. like a like introspective escapism almost. Yeah, you know, <laughs> there's there is occasionally like I there's a there's running jokes in the like D and D TikTok community mm-hmm. that a lot of the time some of what we do is like therapy but slightly more fun um that doesn't mean that you should use your dm or your gm as a therapist kids go see a professional it's important um but that's i like that's part of it too it's a really interesting way to like get through shit honestly like depending on how you build your characters i don't i don't know how anyone else builds it but like a lot of what i do like there's always going to be facets of myself and my characters because like how else are you going to connect that makes perfect sense. Um, I definitely want to chat with you a little bit later more about like character generation because I think that'll be fucking fascinating with you. <laughs> so we'll come back to that. Um, and actually for now, uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back to it, like I said, we're going to talk more about tabletop RPGs and that performance aspect. So stay tuned. Hey friends, I hope you've been getting some great stuff out of these episodes. If you like what you've heard so far, please check out our merch shop over at victormediagroup.co. Every purchase supports me personally, so I would love it if you cover your shit in my stickers. (laughs) Remember, you can nab a replay merch over at victormediagroup.co. And once again, thanks so much for joining us at the game table. Welcome back to Replay. We are here with Laura Tutu, who's a D&D streamer and podcaster, and we're talking about tabletop RPGs and performance. Um, so I just want to start here. Why did you decide to pursue streaming? Um, honestly, like it was just something that kind of came with the territory. Like the more I got into D&D TikTok, that's a lot of what those people, what those folks do. Um, oh, okay. A lot of them are streamers like outside of just D D, like a mm-hmm. couple of my friends actually like stream regularly with various games and the like mm-hmm. so yeah like the the first um one shot i ever did was my friend chris um and yeah that's just like part of the content that he does on his channel um so like i was invited to do a, a christmas a christmas themed one shot oh um, wherein i played krampus essentially <laughs> um like dnd's answer to krampus it was fucking great <laughs> the dumbest thing we'd ever done it was just chaotic and wonderful um but yeah oh my I, god <laughs> sort of the fact that it's kind of commonplace yeah um, yeah it's so interesting you say that because i got into DD well before streaming DD was a thing like it was mm-hmm. well before critical role and oh, yeah. and you know so like it's it's so interesting to me just as a counterpoint that like by the time you were getting into it, streaming was just the thing people do. And it's so true. Like yeah. how many live play D and D streams and podcasts are there out there? Like everywhere. Oh, well, yeah, hold on. <laughs> like I, I'm in a couple of different discord servers and everybody's got that little like channel where it's like, someone's going live. Mm-hmm. I can count as of yesterday, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different channels that are just G- doing li- like live play D and D. And that's just the ones you know, like right yeah. there. That's crazy. Those are just the people that I know. That's so crazy. That's it's wild. What do you um so for you, is there a difference between like streaming D D for an audience versus like when you've played at home? Not really. Um like uh streaming for an audience, I suppose that like I, I try to be more mindful of not just like sitting there and getting in my own head and like 
thinking too far ahead and getting like leaving dead air basically mm, okay um, but like honestly nine times out of ten i don't even really think about the fact that random people are watching i'm just there playing with this group of people that are really cool that's awesome do you like, yeah is it does it take any kind of different like okay so you said that you try to avoid dead air so like what do you have strategies that you use um it's mostly like instead of just like mentally thinking through anything that i'm trying to do i'll like try to verbalize what i'm doing if it's uh, okay. relevant to what's going on gotcha so that the audience can kind of get a, a picture into like how you're thinking through the the problem or like whatever you're doing yeah exactly yeah that makes a lot of sense um i mean i hear that a lot uh since i stream too a lot of people say that like the more you talk the more you interact even if nobody's actually responding to you like mm -hmm. the more entertained people are and it's like yeah. okay i can talk I'm to myself for hours <laughs> why aren't you entertained yeah. <laughs> the fuck out of here i'm entertaining i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> so what um what does like streaming D D provide for you like satisfaction wise or like whatever that like other hobbies or other types of i mean i i wouldn't i don't know if you call it work but yeah. mm. activities of general kinds yeah um well i mean for i for quarantine that was the closest thing that i could get to like actually performing oh yeah um so that was kind of like where i found that that satisfaction that like adrenaline rush of like being on stage quote unquote um because i mean yeah. it's pretty similar you're like you're taking on a character um developing relationships developing that background Mm -hmm. um so yeah that's it's kind of where it all comes from for me is it the way you prepare for like a D, &D game is that similar to how you would have prepared for like a role or a performance kind of yeah um i mean the there's no script obviously so it's not yeah. like you've got lines to memorize or anything mm -hmm. um but it's that getting into the mindset of the character um like for me a lot of it comes from music so i've got playlist after playlist after playlist oh, for that's like awesome. all of these characters that i've done um, and even some that I haven't played yet. Um, <laughs> It'd be like that. <laughs> it would be like that though. Um, like, yeah, I, I was looking at my D&D Beyond account. I've got like 21 characters and I'm actually only playing about three of them. <laughs> so you got, you got the bug. You like to build characters for fun, huh? <laughs> oh, do I ever. Do I, I have a problem. I have a problem, Clara. Is it a problem or a solution? It's true. I do. I pretty much have something ready to go at any time. It's like, hey, you want to do a one shot? Fuck yeah, let me go. Exactly. <laughs> or like, come on, let's say, let's say somebody was like, I kind of want to run a one shot, but I, you know, I need five characters. You're like, done. I have twenty. What do you want? Like, <laughs> like ready to go. <laughs> ready to go. Let me print you a PDF. We're good. <laughs> Oh, man. So so besides um, sort of like getting into the mindset, what are some of the other similarities for you between like, uh, like performing as a D&D &D character versus on stage? Yeah, I mean, it, it's that same sort of like you're working with this group of people to put something together. Um, it's a little like D&D &D or any tabletop RPG, depending on like what system you're using. It's obviously going to be more broad than just like this is a two-hour show we are giving you this chunk of life um <laughs> in this little world on this stage whereas like you know Dungeons and Dragons it's like you're traveling with this character from like a level three to level 18 so that could be mm -hmm. like however many months years of their life absolutely 
So do you feel more strongly attached to your like D&D characters? Yeah, 100%. 100%. (laughs) Um, Like I've also, like there's also shows um, that I've done on stage that I found it really hard to let go of a character if it's um, a particularly, like if I feel it's a particularly good show. Um, Mm -hmm. But with like with D&D, because you're delving so deep into this character and you end up potentially being with them for so long, then yeah, I definitely find it it's like an attachment that you form with that. <laughs> Do you find yourself acting as your character, like outside of sessions? Not so much, not so much. Kind of uh, surprised by that. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's weird because as attached as I get, I, find, I also find it easier to let it go maybe because it's like, they're not all, all necessarily like regular humans. Hmm. Um, maybe because the setting is so fantastical um, that it's not always stuff that I pick up in day-to-day life. That's interesting. Yeah, it's I, weird. I, I know I like <laughs> if I'm when I'm in a in a campaign, I always end up like I don't want to say like it's not like out of character role playing, but like outside of out of outside of the actual game sessions, a lot of times our chats devolve into us kind of just being like half in character, and then and then there's things that get said, and it's like, wait, was that you in character, out of character? Because now I'm confused, and like <laughs> we gotta rethink some sh- some shit. So like I just I think that's. As somebody that um, I would imagine you get much more into the head of the characters than I typically do, like, it just kind of surprises me that you're able to just step back out like that. (laughs) How do you do that? Like, do you have to, what's that transition like into and out of character for you? I mean, it's like a lot of the times, especially depending on how intense the the session is, like, it's kind of a come down. Um, Like, how, how, um, how? spicy am i allowed to get as spicy as you want to be it it is similar to aftercare after a scene okay okay like depending on how intense things have gotten and how like ridiculous the the session has been like it's definitely like i'm going to actively take a step back and i am going to listen to some calming music and i am going to have a nice cup of like soothing herbal tea um but yeah, it's, I mean, it's fully dependent on what the, the sessions turned into. Uh, like there are times where it's just like crazy fun battle and like we're having a blast or it's times where it's like really hardcore, deep, emotional, like vulnerability, yeah. which could hurt. Yeah. Well, especially if you're using it to explore something that's personal to you, like, you know, mm-hmm. or if it brings up like traumas that you've experienced in real life that you, oh, yeah. you know, Especially in those emotional games, you never exactly know where it's going to go. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, is there, um, what would you say is like the, I guess, main difference for you in like playing D&D versus like a traditional character performance? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's the fact that it's like all pure improv. Um, like you, mm-hmm. you know, your character and you know, their background and their, their history and like the, the things that make them uniquely them. But when it comes to interacting with everyone else, like th- it could go every possible conceivable way. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> like you, you might have a preconceived idea of like your general character arc, but if something different happens like that session, like maybe your character makes a choice that you didn't expect um like mm-hmm. that, that's definitely been a thing for me um like a, a character makes a choice on something and can like, can you, you tell me a story of that I feel like you're thinking of something specific uh yeah I I had I had a barbarian character that I was playing for a while with a friend group of mine and 
something happened to the person that she loved and she was so angry that apparently a a god of this world's pantheon heard her <gasps> and offered power oh um, so she became a paladin barbarian beautiful yeah also anyone who says paladins are boring clearly hasn't been paying playing them right they, like oh, i love paladins oh my but god we'll talk I, about that later oh oh my god <laughs> yes yes i think we're gonna have an entire segment on just like what are your favorite classes um <laughs> i am i'm curious so like on the improv side i've i've always kind of introduced D to people as like it's um Oh, how do I always say it? It's like an improv, uh, like collaborative storytelling mm-hmm. sort of thing is how I like explain it to people. And so like that improv is a really key element to it. But I, I've i also played with people who are very shy and who don't feel comfortable really like performing at the table. So mm-hmm. um, would you have any advice for people who maybe aren't as comfortable at the table? Like what what kind of tips can you give them to help them be more comfortable like actually acting out their characters at the table and living it yeah I like honestly a lot of it is going to come down with the people that you are playing with Mm. um I think it's really important to make sure that you are playing with people that you feel comfortable with yeah Um, because if you feel awkward or if you feel like people are judging you it's going to be really hard to take that step and get into that mind space Mm. um like I'm a ham. I don't care. I have no shame left. Um, <laughs> Implying if, you once had shame. Yeah, it's questionable. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, that's it. I I think the the most important thing in any situation when it comes to um, RPG tabletop RPG is having people around you who are going to support you and who are going to make sure that you do feel comfortable bringing that character to the table Mm -hmm. Um, because I for me personally that's the fun of it Um, now that's not going to be everybody's bag and that's fine and if that's not what you want to do there are going to be people who are of that same mind there are people who are going to be in it for the the combat and the statistics and that's rad Um, but (laughs) I I wouldn't want to force anyone into playing my way that's not fun Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I had a I had a GM once who insisted that if you're going to play a bard, you actually have to perform your performance checks. And I was like, I get why you're doing this, I think. But also, like, all it did was scare off people that wanted to play bards and, like, like completely shut that off for them. Bards don't necessarily have to be, like, singers. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, the the best idea that I ever heard was, like, a stand-up comedian bard. Oh, my God. Because well, vicious, vicious mockery would be perfect. Oh, my God. Well, well, and I'm thinking, though, like, even if you play, like, a stand-up comedian, or let's say um, I'm an orator, that would be a bard skill that I could use. All I do yeah. is give speeches, right? But for some people, it's still too outside their comfort zone to every single time they want to get that, like, bardic inspiration to have to literally give a speech or tell a joke or or some people they just aren't that outgoing or they're mm-hmm. not that comfortable yet and and that <laughs> I will never forget that rule because I'm like I will never do that to my players because I literally watched my friends say no I can't make this character that I want to make because of that rule yeah like that, that's, that's sad that's not fair <laughs> no not fair at all. and like maybe like little by little that's something that you could build up to like build up to that comfort level but like mm-hmm. expecting someone who's never played before and never like gone into a fully improv experience like that expecting them to just jump in and be okay with that is totally fucked up 
Yeah. Yeah. So then how do we, how do we, um, help players get more comfortable? So maybe, maybe not to the level of like literally singing a song at the table to be a bard, but like just in general, like even if you're playing like a rogue or a paladin or, or anything where there's embodying a character, because all of us do that, how do we help those players get more comfortable at the table? Honestly, like setting the, the example is the first thing that comes to mind. That like, makes sense. You can't expect people to like go ham if you're not going to do it yourself. Like under like helping people understand that it's okay to be a little silly and mm -hmm. it's okay to look a little weird because we're we're sitting around a fucking table rolling dice. <laughs> At the end of the day, yep, it's also not that serious. It's it's an imagination game, right? It's just game. like we we all played when game. we were really little and we had no dice and it was just us with our imaginations running around the house. Like that's it's that yeah. with some structure, right? Yeah. That's that's it. I like and I think that's a like I appreciate the people that are taking it seriously and making careers out of it. That's awesome. Like more power to you. But at mm -hmm. the end of the day, like you're not getting paid for it. It should be fun. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And I would say since it's a game, even if you are getting paid for it, it should still feel fun. Like, <laughs> Yeah, 100%. Okay, so I just have one other sort of like follow-up question to this conversation mm -hmm. about like performance and gaming and kind of how they overlap for you. What have you learned from gaming now that you're into gaming that you've been able to apply back to like performing? Mm -hmm. um, honestly, it's the like the thinking on your toes. Um, because as, as much fun as it is for me to like improv when it comes to like in a game, mm -hmm. um, I hate doing improv on stage. Really? I fucking hate it. I would rather learn 2000 lines of Shakespeare than be forced to improv an entire scene for 15 minutes. Why? Like I what? It. Like I think too much and I can't get anything uh, out. Interesting. Mm -hmm. But you don't have that problem at the table. No. It is much more low stakes for me. Um, I couldn't tell you why. <laughs> uh, but something something about like improving when it comes to D and D seems less terrifying and less daunting than like trying to do it in a room full of other actors. That's probably it because other actors can be judging and terrible, <laughs> and other nerds are just gonna like go with it. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> nerds don't have any theatrical training generally or like it's not a requirement I should say <laughs> yeah it's not a requirement or like the, I don't know the other nerds that I play with who are theater people are also like my flavor of weird so like we vibe anyway perfect so, so you yeah. just need a theater troupe that or an improv troupe that is also D&D &D oriented Precisely. I think you'd be I think that's exactly what you need and then <laughs> take all of what you've been doing at the table and just like throw it back on stage done there you Perfect. Go. You've got 21 characters ready to go. You can just assign everyone <laughs> roles. Drop draw them out of a hat. That's part of the improv. Done. Oh my god, that would be ridiculous. I kind of love that. <laughs> there Some is a D and D. <laughs> there is a D and D improv group uh, based out of Baltimore that I can't think of the name right now, but like, I think they play around a table and the audience gets to like throw ideas at them and stuff or like some shit. Like, basic. You could do this now that the world is starting to open again. <laughs> You could be that person. You uh, could do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so we're going to cut to another quick break. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about um, characters. Because we keep hinting at it. We're going to do it. All right. See you in a moment. Get ready to quit the 
Hey, this is Nick from the Quit the Build podcast. If you're listening to this, then you're probably into gaming. And if you're like me, it can be exhausting keeping up with all the latest gaming news. That's where we come in every Wednesday and Saturday. Myself and Bruno are bringing you all the latest gaming news while keeping things fun and informative, plus interviews with gaming developers and content creators. Hope you can join us. Just search for Quit the Build wherever you get podcasts. We're back on replay. We're about to hear more from Laura Tutu about uh, tabletop RPGs and performance, and in particular, characters, because characters are the best part of D&D, depending on who you ask. So, <laughs> um, so, so just talk to me about character creation. How do you approach building a character? Um, I mean, nine times out of ten, it's music for me. Um, <laughs> like, it's embarrassing how often that's happened. Um, I'll hear a song and be like, oh, that's a that's a vibe. That's a cool like concept, especially if it's a kind of song that like tells a story. Um, mm-hmm. I decide that that story needs to be told and then I build a character around it. Um, but it can also be informed on like the world that you're building. Um, so like the the holiday one shot I did, it was decided that I would play a version of Krampus um, <laughs> by playing a tiefling arcane trickster rogue. Oh, uh, that's who, fun. Who wielded a whip. There you go. You have Krampus. Perfect. Um, but yeah, for me, a lot of times it's dependent on like the music I'm listening to at the time, or like if I if I know ahead of time what kind of world we're we're diving into, I'll like get a little more information from the GM, or like if it's something um, like if any of it comes from like real world world mythology, I'll do my research there and see what comes up. So what's your what's your favorite character that you've built from the ground up? And I'm asking you to pick children, but <laughs> you are asking me to pick children. That's terrible. How did you do this? Because I'm a terrible person, and I need to know. Clara, <laughs> you asked for one. I'm giving you two because I can't pick between them. Okay, that's and reasonable. I will not apologize. Um, the the rogue that I'm playing right now for two disguise, I I adore them. Um, their name is Valkara Briss. They grew up in like the slums of this post-apocalyptic world in this like fan- fantastic world that Bran has built my my GM Bran mm-hmm. um and essentially like to make a long backstory like short um joined the thieves guild to put money on the table got caught would not give up her cohorts and was sent essentially to military school to keep from going to jail damn um so like as sneaky and shifty as they are um she's definitely like she she had like a robin hood vibe to her that i discovered (laughs) as i was building building them um so that is near and dear to my heart um i also have a barbarian uh this is the barbarian who multi-classed paladin actually (laughs) her name is revna thunder eye revna thunder eye I love her so That's much. Such a good name. Oh my god. I'm real proud of that one. I'm not gonna oh lie. My god. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's this big, deadly, sweet, mothering, like protective character who could break you in half, but would honestly rather talk her way out of a violent situation. That's so beautiful. That gives me like warrior poet vibes almost. Yeah, she's she's sweet and kind of broken. Um, whole like tragic backstory thing. Of course, of course, um, naturally. But yeah, like she became this really like kind, 
mothering like protective character that like the others sort of looked up to from what I could tell um and then you know threatened to was threatened with becoming the face of the party um, <laughs> hilarious I could break you we're using intimidation to be the face of this party yeah apparently um <laughs> which happens to me a lot well listen sometimes what I have noticed when you are the person at the table who's much more comfortable being very talkative in character mm -hmm. even if you're not good at charisma they're just like here you go <laughs> Shit, you're right. <laughs> I've been there, just, done that. <laughs> that just happened to, to Valkara. She got voted captain of the new ship. <laughs> well, let's, let's. Well, now you just have to like if 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 the uh, charisma doesn't match up, just like intentionally say things that sound dumb, like yeah. on purpose. Like, wow, that was a very obvious social faux pas that I just made. Beautiful. Fantastic. I'm just in character. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> just, just go for it. The, the best part is, I outside of like the actual charisma character in that party, I think Valkara might have the highest charisma. Well, it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Well, and that's the thing, though. Like, charisma doesn't even necessarily mean like you're a fast talker. It could just be like presence of mind, presence of like personage. True, true. But um, that is always the check that they want you to run if you're running like persuasion or or anything where you're doing those talky face skills. Mm -hmm. So if your stat doesn't back up how you're playing it, then that's a potentially a great place to find some fun failures. We'll just put oh, it yeah. that way. Absolutely. <laughs> love like, that. Nat 20s are great. Nat 1s could be just as fantastic. <laughs> oh, I love failure. I love failing in games. I think it's so much fun. Oh, yeah. So when you so when you built those characters, um, I heard a lot of you saying like it sounded like you were um, really focused on making sure they had like a hook in the world, like they were already like sort of enmeshed in the setting. Mm -hmm. Is that really important to you as you build your characters? I yeah, I would say so because I mean, otherwise it seems kind of like random, and what's the point to me? So they have uh, to have a motivation. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's, I mean, it's the same thing with acting for the stage. Like you, like every line you say, there needs to be objective and motivation behind it. Otherwise you're just word vomiting. That makes sense. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So um, do you always have sort of like what their motive is going to be? Like, how do you, how do you come up with that? Like, how are they born in your mind? Uh, oh God, that's a really is it, good question. Is it stats first and then like personality later or oh fuck no personality is... first okay oh, yeah. we got that far per personality first and then like i'll roll the stats and be like huh i can make that work <laughs> it's chill <laughs> um yeah i like i am i am the player that goes in for like vibe and aesthetic as opposed to like making my character the most efficient rogue or the most efficient wizard that i can Mm -hmm. um because again I'm, I'm not there to play for statistics and combat i'm there to build a character and like play in the world yeah yeah, yeah. so are there certain are there other things that you like look for as you're building these characters i guess like uh does does gender matter does the like the the race or species or whatever the fuck matter like uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> meh <laughs> the short answer um 
I like guess I guess most of my my characters tend to list towards femme or female presenting just because that's easy for me because that's mm-hmm. what I've been presenting for my whole damn life. Mm-hmm. I I tend to be drawn to like tieflings and asimars, but that's on being a gay with religious trauma. <laughs> um, apparently, that's the the stereotype. <laughs> Um, so gay with religious trauma you're going to be tiefling or not okay so it's infernal races and Mm -hmm. celestial races and celestial okay yeah the religious overtones okay the religious overtones i was not catholic but there was some like hardcore methodist like baptist bullshit in my past um (laughs) i got out of that real fast Um, my my other favorites tend to be half orcs oh Um, yeah yeah i just i just like big i i like big dumb powerful characters or like small smart ass like witty characters those are those are the, the that's the pendulum that i swing on that's fair yeah that's fair extremes yeah. i like that i like mm-hmm. that are there certain like classes that you tend to go for too barbarians i love barbarians this makes so much sense with the headshot you sent me now yeah (laughs) yeah like i just uh i love barbarians so much um it could be that i have underlying anger issues which you did that's fair um it's a healthy way of expressing this come on we aren't here to broadly to the state of the world um but yeah i just the like the power and like the the fact that it's not like a like you're up and in it and like smashing things with a sword or an axe or a a mace um which is way more fun to me than like long range combat um Hmm. i want to i want to be in it Um, that's so so funny i do love playing the occasional ranger though um because being able to snipe out of a tree is also a lot of fun Oh yeah, yeah. I had a we had a ranger in one of my early D and D games that did exactly that. Gnome ranger climbed trees and just good luck finding them. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, especially if you mix that shit with like uh, an assassin rogue. That's that sneak attack damage though. Oh no, Ooh. oh no. See, okay, but here this is what's really funny to me is like you're like yeah, I'm not a combat person, but then you're like look at all the fun shit I can do in combat. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. It's it, it's not because it's like statistically perfect. It's because it's fun. <laughs> there is nothing more satisfying than rolling those extra d6 on a sneak attack hit. Just I mean, like I'm about to ruin this man's whole career. <laughs> Like this man is losing, losing his leg today and he's never going to like march against my tribe again. But you know what? (laughs) Here we are. It's it's this, it's this sound. (laughs) It's that sound. I love that sound. (laughs) Okay. You need to play uh, any dice pool game. If that's the sound that you like any dice pool. So Shadowrun is a really good one for that because you you build, you build just it's D sixes and Shadowrun, but it's Mm. just a good average role for my character for something they actually did was about 12 dice. And it was just 12 D sixes and like, and I didn't min max her. She was, that was just a nice typical rule. Just stick 12 dice in a pile and roll them. See what happens perfect you would be incredibly happy with that (laughs) that makes sense though with what you're saying though with it's it's the flavor of the action right it's the it's what's happening it's like when I played a bard and uh he had a sword and his best friend was a gunslinger and so they would just do dumb shit so that he could walk away with an explosion like behind him (laughs) in the sunset like (laughs) 
he would just be like, wait, 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 your turn, do that. And I would just walk away with like the sword, like dramatically, you know, next to me, like anime style. Oh my God. Hair blown in the breeze. Exactly. Exactly. You know what? If he had, I played in a campaign where we had a wizard who was absolutely useless and I loved him to death, but he had, (laughs) we had an opportunity to get magic items one day. And, uh, because we were in like an area where we could do that, like have them commissioned or whatever. And, Mm -hmm, and he mm -hmm. asks for a, a, cloak of billowing i think is what it was called god i hate i both hate and love that thing it just it just all it does is billow all it does is dramatically billow in the wind whether there's wind or not so i love it i love it so much i love it i mean his entire character was kind of based on like prince meets freddie mercury so it made sense Oh my god also he was a wizard did i mention that he was that a wizard so extra. <laughs> he was he was and it was red so then when we did our holiday game uh he was santa claus in a giant sleigh pulled by a giant reindeer because i was a druid circle of the moon so i just turned into a giant reindeer and oh my god we had christmas over oh the countryside my god with a cloak of billowing <laughs> perfect that is perfection <laughs> God, that made me happy. That made me just inordinately happy. Oh my god! What's the okay? What's the dumbest, dumbest like item besides the cloak of billowing that you've you've played with? Uh, oh, hold on. We the 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 campaign that I am playing with my buddy Daxos. Um, he's GMing, and we each got like. He just got like a wondrous item, I think, at the start of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of our our cleric decided to get the fucking I think it's called the Shield of Expressions. What is that? It doesn't actually do anything. Hold on, let me look it up. It doesn't actually do anything, but there's just a goddamn face on it. <laughs> shield of expression. You know, I would I would use that and I would just make it a Medusa type of situation, like have like the yeah. head on the shield and be like, Yep, this is my fallen enemies. This is yeah, their souls I, trapped in here. It's probably not true, but you won't no, know that. No, it's not. It, like, it doesn't actually do anything <laughs> useful. Um, it, yeah. Uh, shield of expression. Armor. Um, front of the shield is shaped in the likeness of a face. While bearing the shield, you can use a bonus action to alter the face's expression. I'm sold. That sounds like an amazing item. That's that's it. That, that's what it does. That's that's it. That's all. That's, so that's all she wrote. <laughs> I love D&D. I love D&D because you can have these wonderful, like, serious moments of combat and these really intense, like, role-play moments, and then you can have dumb shit like that just because, just because. Just because. Because why not? Because, well, in, in Why the fuck not? It's exactly it. D&D is a game where you can say why not, and mm-hmm. that's valid, and, and just go with it. Precisely. I love that. I love that so much. And I and I love that for you that you know about these dumbass objects because that just it took me a while to discover them and you got there way faster than I did and thank God because it's so much fun. I like and the, like it's one of those things where it's like I'll read the description for something and it'll hurt me in my soul. <laughs> like roll 1d4 psychic damage for that bullshit. <laughs> just well, I like I ask myself why, and then obviously the answer to that is why not. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. Okay. To take another improv rule, yes, and precisely. Yes, I and. see. I see your billowing cloak, 
and I don't get it, but you know what? We're going to say yes anyway. And yes. let's turn it into Santa Claus. Like, yes. let's go. Like, that, that's, that's all that is. <laughs> that is how you play. You yes and everything within reason, of course. <laughs> and then you rule of cool so that it's, even if it's not in reason, you know, it's fine. Exactly. Well, and that's like my, <laughs> my favorite phrase in D&D is how do you want to do this? Because it's not just that you slayed the dragon. Your, your GM wants to know exactly what you did in order to take this thing's fucking head off. Um, and my, True. like, I, I love Matthew Mercer in my heart of hearts so much, <laughs> but, um, Abria Iyengar, who is running Exandria Unlimited right now, mm-hmm. I, I honestly, I find her style of GMing to allow for more of the player's descriptions, which I love. Um, there's something very cinematic about what she does in a completely different way from Mercer. Huh. Because um, Mercer is also cinematic as fuck um, when he's describing the scene and giving like the layout of what's happening. But Abria takes that and I feel like she hands it to the player. That's cool. I love her so much. I've, I've played with a lot of GMs that are really good at like cinematic like explanations of your roles, right? So if it's like I rolled a 15, what does that actually mean? Or if I rolled and I missed, um, you know, what does that really mean? Did I just, did I just drop my sword? Like, it was it so bad? I literally freaked out and dropped my sword. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like what does that actually mean? Um, and, and I think that makes such a big difference, but when I've been put on the spot to give those descriptions to my own moves, I don't always know what to say. And I'm yeah. just like, Wah. <laughs> I, I, and again, it's, it's having that option. It's having the, like t- the option of, you know, Oh, I rolled a, I rolled a two. What does that look like? DM um, and DM will give it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but like if you have a DM who wants you to like describe what that persuasion check looks like or what that intimidation check looks like, I like, I think that is also valid and awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. And I think that gives you another opportunity to really like play out your character, right? Like, mm-hmm. and to get into the head of how's my character actually going to handle this. And like, I have also seen it before that GMs will, have you like let's say play out a performance check and even if your role doesn't support how good your performance was sometimes they'll just give it to you because the performance was good yeah Yeah. (laughs) I've had that happen before I I have witnessed that before it's it's amazing and I like one of my favorite things um one of the other GMs that I work with um her name is Jocelyn and I love her to death um like she'll if you like give her like a beautiful rp scenario she'll just give you fucking inspiration oh like here have a d6 to use later that was that was solid that was fucking cool here use that later i love that i love when Mm -hmm. gms are able to like reward players for that kind of play yeah there's like rewards for like like an awesome combat moment or rewards for like thinking on your feet and doing something out of pocket yeah and i think in DD it's actually written in that the gms are supposed to give out inspiration like Mm -hmm. that and I think that that's that's new that's not something that was like inspiration wasn't previously part of uh the D&D rule set um and I think that it's something that's overlooked like a lot of people look at the the interesting characters you can make and how streamlined the mechanics are now compared to like previous editions and they look at all these things but they miss out on on that inspiration and I think that that's so underrated oh yeah absolutely (laughs) so good all right. Um, I want to, okay. So I want to 
shift gears a little bit um, back into streaming, just because I think that there's, or even just D&D in general, I think, mm-hmm. I think that you have gotten into D&D relatively recently. And so oh, yeah. I think that you might have some really good advice for people who maybe aren't into D&D yet or are interested in maybe starting streaming or getting involved in those communities. Like, what would you say to them to help them get started? Uh, find your people. <laughs> find your people. Yeah. Um, like, it's not going to be fun if you aren't working with people that you vibe with. That makes sense. So how do you do that? Um, I, I mean, honestly, like for me, like, t- again, going back to TikTok, that was a big part of it. Like people were commenting and like DMing things back and forth. And like, we decided that we were all going to be friends, um, <laughs> which is occasionally how things work when you're locked in the, the apartment for a year and a half. That makes sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like, I think it's really important to find that group of people that you feel comfortable playing mm-hmm. with and feel comfortable being a little stupid and a little goofy with. Um, yeah like I said otherwise it's not going to be fun for you um Mm. and and with that um this is apparently a point of contention in the community um and I'll say it right now if you think this is wrong then you are wrong um (laughs) make sure everyone has consent oh fuck yeah I love that you just said that like there's an actual I can't remember who developed it but there's an actual like RPG consent form that goes around um that every dm that i have worked with has given some iteration iteration of oh wow so there's there is one that was made by an oceana germain that's the one i'm familiar with but i don't know like the checklist right where it has like what traumas are okay and not okay and stuff like that yeah exactly and there's apparently a subset of people who think that's bullshit um and to those people i would like to say you're wrong i will not take i will not take criticism on that you are wrong (laughs) um come at me bro (laughs) (laughs) um because depending on the kind of game that you're playing and depending on the kind of storylines that are being explored there could potentially be triggers for people um Mm -hmm. whether it's assault whether it's racism whether it's homophobia and if your players are not comfortable with that then you need to find a way around that absolutely like i i never understood the idea of gms who want to cause problems or cause harm to their players um like yes there's a level there's a level of trauma that we're all kind of expecting um (laughs) especially when you hand the dm a tragic backstory um but that is all pre-planned and that has been discussed and that has been that exactly did you don't just throw that kind of crap at somebody it is yeah inappropriate and it is uncool well and i think that that ties into what you said about like finding your people right like you need to find a gm and a group of people that will respect you for who you are and that includes your boundaries yeah so I, if well, you just comes from life in general, like well, you, you need to have people that respect your boundaries. If they amen. will not respect your boundaries, like they are not your people. If exactly. they make you feel bad for it or if they try to shame you for putting your foot down, then you need to find someone else to be hanging out with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. That goes, that goes in for life and that goes in for TTRPG. Like respect your respect your players, respect your GM as well. Because um, it is it is definitely a two-way two street. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Laura, this has been like just a delightful conversation. So I appreciate you so much for joining me on my Mm. podcast today. Um, I, 
at this time, I'm, I mean, I got to do my, my closeout. So I want to ask you, are there any final like messages that you want to get out there to the people, to your people out there? To, oh, to my people out there. Um, I guess like a general thank you to the, the D and D TikTok community who has made the past year, the year and a half of my life, like decidedly more bearable. <laughs> um, the, to the folks at the world's guild to Alec and Bran, um, I'm really excited to see what we build up next. Um, if you if you want, I can offer promotional material for my future projects. <laughs> well, uh, I'll definitely be linking them to your socials and such. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, the the World's Guild and Brunches and Dragons on Twitch are are where I can be found in the future for the foreseeable future. Yay! I love that. Um, and I just want to add in there to this. This conversation just proves to me that like you don't have to know games to be able to come in and play games and and that that's that's amazing and powerful and that you will be able to find your people. So for people that feel like they haven't found their people yet, keep looking. There's so many online communities, as, as Laura has said, with the with TikTok being able to bring them into this fold. And yeah, so so don't give up. Don't just keep looking. And we're out here. Yeah, we out you. We out here. Connect with us and we'll we'll hang out with you. We'll be your friends. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Laura, thank you so much again for coming on Replay. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. Thanks for listening. You can find episodes of Replay and all other Victor Media Group podcasts at victormediagroup.co. Replay is a VMG original and is created, hosted, and produced by Clara Mount. The show is executive produced by J.B. Adams and Gerard Mitchell with sound design by Aaron Trinka and original music by Bison. It's the mission of Victor Media Group to make the world a better place by making ourselves better people. If you like this show, follow Victor Media Group on your favorite media channels and check out Bison's other tunes on Spotify, Bandcamp, and SoundCloud. And if you want more Clara, check out my Twitch channel, The Real Bubblegum Titan. Extra special thanks to all my listeners for hanging out with us today. Keep on playing and remember, you're always welcome at this game table.